0: Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM, 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. So we're looking into the legacy of Raymond Mklaba this afternoon, and I'm joined on the line by Tracy Mackey, Acting CEO of the Raymond and Dideka D- D- uh, D- um, Llaaba Foundation. I beg your pardon for that, uh, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Tracy, when you personally reflect, reflect on Raymond Mlaba, how do you define him for yourself?
1: He was a man for many people. Mm. Um, obviously for me, uh, I walked the last chapter of his life with him when he was ill, yes. um, having both been advisors to the then premier of the Eastern Cape, uh, Nosimo Balangela. So we had a very close relationship towards the end. Um and uh he he was a man of, of incredible integrity, mm. uh he had a great sense of humour. He was a politician, he was married to politics, but he was also a family man, a husband, a father, a grandfather, an uncle. Um so for me it it really is he, he really is a person of 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 massive integrity. Um, but he was also a family man and and I think very few people have seen him as that family man who hasn't really been portrayed as a family man Uh,
0: You know Tracy you, you make such a good point because yes I suppose also the years that went by him being in prison and so on have something to do with that but everybody speaks of his integrity absolutely anybody and everybody who knew him speak of his integrity let's go back to how his journey into politics began he was working at a dry cleaner wasn't he? He he actually grew up in a, a
1: rural village in, yeah. in Fort Beaufort called Mazoka Village. Uh, he was obviously born there in in twenty in nineteen twenty, um, and he moved to Port Elizabeth in search of work. And he he, he lived with his, his excuse me he lived with an uncle in Port Elizabeth. His dad was a, a policeman in in Fort Beaufort. And he he his first job was working in a, a laundry as you so rightfully say. And it was there he obviously met a, a diverse group of people, he became involved in, in trade unions. He felt for the, the, the plight of women who were obviously the majority of workers in laundries and um he took up he he, he took up their their call of, of, of fair you know, fair fair employment and, and and that was really how he, he got involved in
0: politics. Mm. Just
1: um, take, as that.
0: take me through, you know, I know now um, for, for those of us who, who know the history a little bit more, know that it was obvious, the obvious choice. So, you know, joining the Communist Party was an obvious choice. But for those who, who don't know that part of history and who are young, just the decision about which how to group themselves and where to go for, for that kind of council.
1: I think in those days, um, you know, he, he was he was groomed as a as, as a communist uh, with the people he he related to in Port Elizabeth, um, and again, I mentioned you know trade unionists in Port Elizabeth, and um, and so he he actually joined the Communist Party uh, before he joined the ANC. Um, he he was a, a member of the Communist Party, and he was a chairperson of the Communist Party right up until. 1983, uh, just just before he died in 2005. So, obviously, politics, and he was very friendly with uh, Governor Mbeki, very close to Governor Mbeki as a fellow politician, and that went on until, you know, that also started in the early days in Port Elizabeth. So, yes, he, he became involved in the Communist Party due to the people and the circumstances that then prevailed in Port Elizabeth, where there was obviously hardships in the work environment, uh, people were obviously um, burdened by inequality, both uh, you know, um, women and men, and and apartheid, and and yeah, and so that so that's his introduction into to the Communist Party and and politics in the early 1940s. How
0: how did he personally reflect Tracy on his time in Robben Island? Um, you know his time in Robben Island. He also spent time in Portsmouth Prison, yes. and it's been quite
1: interesting because we've we've had a prison warden who looked after the Rivonia Trialist um, towards the end of of their time in prison. Uh, and and his time in prison, he was again he was known as a peacemaker. He was he was he was the prisoner who who, who gathered people together, fellow prisoners together. Um, both peace into situations um, so he, his time in Robin Island was certainly i mean one could never take away the hardships of what they went through, but his time in Robin Island was uh, i mean there's some lovely stories come out of Robin Island mm. where he highlights of his time in Robin Island as is being taken to to to, to scare, where he had because he had a skin complaint he had eczema. And, and that was always, you know, going out into Cape Town and from what I can gather he saw more of, um outside prison in those days than, than maybe the others did. Um he also speaks about, he also spoke about, um, his time on, on Robben Island and the hardships um, with his, his family you know he, he got married and rob, and on pulse on uh which was he was the first was he was the first prisoner a liberation prisoner to actually get married um that he felt very really strongly about about the fact that um he wanted to marry and get there come um, and for um, So, you know he, he was very he, his prison life for me has, has taken on Lots of stories and color. He Mm. loved table tennis. He played a lot of table tennis in Robben Island. Mm. Um, He loved fruitcake. Um, So, yeah, you know, for me, he really was a man. Um, While I appreciate he was an incredible politician, Mm. uh, an incredible revolutionary, an incredible soldier, but for me, it's the man. It's the Mm. man that that I really fight for people to hear the the stories of him and the man as an everyday human being And Um, and that's important.
0: And, and, you know, you you said earlier that you had the privilege of getting quite close to him in the, the latter years. And I, I just imagine what that transition from him being an activist in the way that he was both in the Communist Party and in the ANC and that we then saw 1994, he then became a leader in the Democratic Dispensation as a premier of the Eastern Cape. That time, I'm, I'm just curious about what was going on in his head during that time when he had to now lead um, in a different dispensation, you know,
1: I think umray was a umray was loyal. Mm. He was disciplined. He was loyal, and whatever was asked of him, he he served to the absolute. Ass- he was a, again. I say he was a unifier. Um, you know, I often wonder what umray would do in today's politics, where there seems to be so many divisions. Um, and he was always known during his time as, as even as Premier of the Eastern Cape, um, he was the, he, he was a politician who could pull the different administrations together. That's why he was appointed Premier of the Eastern Cape. I mean, there was Transka, there was former Saskei, there was the Cape Provincial Administration, and he had one hang of a challenge to actually pull all these administrations from police forces to schools to hospitals. You know, there was. There was different administrations for every single department. So the task that he was faced with was so, so great. Um, and and um, it was a unique part in our history in the Eastern Cape.
0: Mm. Uh, was, Tracy was, Mackey was challenged. Mm. I'm, in, I'm in conversation with Tracy Mackey, who's acting CEO of the Raymond and Dedeca Mthaba Foundation. We'll continue our conversation after this. Here, there. And everywhere Everywhere. (laughs) SAFM, one oh five FM in Peter Maddensburg. Twenty minutes after two o'clock. This is SAFM. My name is Pemela Mutena. I'm in conversation with Tracy Mackey, acting CEO of the Raymond and Mutlaba Foundation, as we celebrate the the legend that is Raymond Mutlaba and his legacy. Tracy, thank you so much for staying with us one more time. And I'm I'm also interested in the latter years. You know, you obviously having known him and and being right there at his bedside at the, to the very end. What what were his reflections just at the very end? Um, of his time,
1: I think you know it was it was um, it it was uh, it was an interesting time because he did reflect. Obviously, when when uh, death is facing a person in the face. he knew he was going to die. He knew he was terminally ill, um, and so he would speak a lot. You know, and 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 he would speak about. Uh, he always said to me, "Yeah, I'm sure I'm the only person in the." In the world who's ever met Martha, Tung and queen elizabeth wow. um you know it, and 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 I think it's important never to forget that he was a soldier he was a freedom fighter uh he went to china in nineteen sixty one for military training he, he he strategized um as as uh, an umkonto was member And um, when Mandela was arrested uh, Ray was commander in chief of Umkonto was and I think so often we forget of the sacrifices he made as a soldier. And I think it's important that in remembering that we also remember so many other military veterans today who who are troubled and challenged because of 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 fighting the fight on the front line. Um and I think OMRA should always remind us of, of the soldiers and, and the the those who took up the armed struggle and actually on the front lines, he also spoke about his family a lot. Um, he obviously he had a large family. Uh, he today there are eight surviving now uh, eight surviving sons and daughters. Um, they're obviously all aging, and and uh, but they also remember him as a as, as a father and as a grandfather. One of his favourite sayings, which will ring through my ears forever, even when he was sick, was "double up, double up." <laughs> He, he was punctual. He, if, if, if you were two minutes late for a, a meeting, he wouldn't talk to you. He was ah. incredibly punctual. He was incredibly disciplined. Um, double up, double up was apparently something his father always said as a policeman, which meant, come on, you know, get in line. Um, and according to, to the prison warden who, who, who was passed correctional services when Amre was in prison, you know, this is what he would say when they were walking as prisoners. Double up, double up. And of course, there would be ra- loud roars of laughter. One of the things that I'll remember about him. Kier so sh- yeah, he did. He did reflect a lot um, towards the end.
0: Care to share a story about his meeting Marte Tung? That's fascinating. Well, he was he he and other comrades, uh, Andrew he
1: was among them. Uh, Wilton Kwai, um, apparently received a, a coded message in in 1961 that they had to. Uh, go to China for military training. They flew out via, um, Tanzania. It was arranged by the former Speaker of, um, South Parliament, uh, um, And, um, they went to China and the purpose of going to China was obviously to be trained as, as first soldiers, uh, of the armed struggle of, uh, on the um he apparently also while he was there he'd gone with financial support for that for 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 the struggle and i think that also puts into perspective today the close links between china um you know i think in the eastern Cape there's been a lot of chinese development of of of, of um factories um in the motor industry and many of those are, are here today because of of Ray's contribution so yeah so you know these are just some of the things that, that he, he spoke about in Matsu Tong, of course, he 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 also remembers when, when he was ill meeting the, the Queen of the Netherlands, and <laughs> so at the end he you know he was a dear, um, incredible gentleman, um, full of well full of of of, of wealth and knowledge. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, he really was a people's premier. He was a people's person. He was a great grandfather, a great father, an uncle, a comrade, and a friend. And everybody and, loved him.
0: And and because he was such a family man, just, you know, I'm, I'm just curious about how, as the family, how did they commemorate his legacy just themselves? Um,
1: you know, there's.
0: He has a niece who lives in Magela village, which is where his
1: family homestead uh, is 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 still situated. He has a daughter, Nomalungelo, who lives in Alice. Um, so Nomalungelo and uh, his niece, normally plays he brought up as, as his own child. Um, they attended a, a, a provincial government commemoration, remembering him on the twelfth of February. Um, other family members in Port Elizabeth um remembered him, uh, visited his grave in Port Elizabeth. Um Ray's son, Joe, is is disabled. He's a double amputee, so obviously um there's difficulties in in, in his moving around at to times family in Port Elizabeth he's, he's got granddaughters in Port Elizabeth grandsons uh, and then obviously in the, the village where there was great great celebration um, uh, where he was born you know, and I think that's also amazing for me as with many of the liberation struggles when you visit those rural villages you can't believe um, how so much was done with so little, okay. and and um, very 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 um, inventive in that way. And,
0: and how's the the foundation keeping up, Tracy? Uh, how how possible are things to get done that the foundation wants to get done? Um, what are the struggles there?
1: Yeah, look, we're uh, we're obviously a very small foundation. We um, we've, we've uh, been very very blessed in that we collaborate very closely. With, uh, sons and daughters, um, who are obviously key stakeholders. They're the ones who know what he would want. They're the ones who, who speak his, his, his personality into the foundation. Um, Umre was married before, uh, to, um, Mama Joyce. So obviously, um, children with Mama Joyce are part of the, part of the family. Um, and there's a great unifying between the, the children of both of them. Um, the values for the foundation are obviously values. Uh, we volunteer. We all volunteer at this stage. Um, we have offices in Port Elizabeth. We're going to focus on project management, uh, specifically in infrastructure development. Um, Ray spent some of his time working in, 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 engineer, in an engineering firm in Port Elizabeth. Um, so, yeah, I think... Service delivery, where we can add value to to service delivery, so that the people are, are better served, is going to be very important to us during this year. Using this year as a springboard, and uh, you know, let's put service delivery on turbo charge in the name of Umray. Um Yeah, and and that we, we we as a foundation will ensure that there's proper monitoring of projects, coordination, consolidation, and at all times
0: making sure that and his family's wishes and his family's thoughts um, are, are considered. Really appreciate the time you've given us, Tracy. Tracy Mackey, Acting CEO of the Raymond and Dideka Mlaba Foundation, as we just reflect on the legacy of Raymond Mkhlaba.